It's 9.07. I'm chuckling because I know it's coming. Uh, it's 9.07. Glad to have you with us on uh, Think Tank Thursday. You can reach us via the telephone, 800-529-5572 or 874-9390 if you're local. Uh, you can also go to GaryNolan.com and send me a message. It'll pop up right here in studio. It is Think Tank Thursday, so uh, we've got Dave Rowland coming on uh, with a bunch of cases. I'll give you some of the details, in, including a couple that uh, uh, are centered right here in Missouri. Then uh, before that, of course, uh, we will have uh, Ron Calzone Mo first. He uh, says the Missouri State House of Representatives failed to learn anything from the Freedom Caucus members in Washington, D.C. We'll tell you what that's all about. The Show Me Institute, they're going to be on board with us. Uh, then uh, Jim Babka is going to talk about those uh, brave Republicans uh, in the House of Representatives and what they actually accomplished. Uh, in the meantime, uh, President Biden was asked on 60 Minutes about uh, top-secret information that was apparently found at Mar-a-Lago. And uh, when he was asked... Uh, you know, what he thought, this is what he said. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. So with that in mind, uh, Brian has found a new campaign song for Biden's re-election. Call me irresponsible. <laughs> Thank you for not singing along with it. I I think it's a it's a perfect choice. I mean, everything he says, it that's the new campaign song. <laughs> Kevin Jackson is with us. The Kevin Jackson Network. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Gary, you're being totally irresponsible. <laughs> Man, I'm just going through all my too. files to make sure I don't have any classified information. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, it's, it, it's, this is such, I, I don't know how you can be a Democrat and, 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 you know, with any good conscience. It's such a double standard here. First of all, Joe Biden's a vice president, so he shouldn't have it. He can't declassify anything. So what he's done is really a big violation. Trump, on the other hand, as president, can declassify. And what happens? They raid the good guy, the guy that doesn't lie, the guy that has been, you know, very upfront, accomplished in government, did everything he said he's going to do. And the guy who's a pathological liar, whose son is a crackhead that is involved in multiple countries that we are currently be probably being extorted by. And he's leaving not one treasure trove, Gary, but we now know a second trove that AIDS found, not his attorneys, AIDS. Have these people been read in? Can they, are they even supposed to be looking at classified documents? How do they know? So, and, and what's interesting to me is that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Hunter Biden has how many laptops out there? At least two, right? And here's Joe Biden. He can't keep up with, with secrets, with the nation's secrets. So it's such a double standard. And I love, I mean, I, I hate that it's happening in the sense that, 
you know, Trump never should have been raided. I think we can all admit that. It's a witch hunt. But the guys demonize, and then you watch people like CNN and The View say, well, I heard Joey Behar say, well, well, Biden's not a liar, and Trump is a liar. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, really, that's your rationale for why Biden is okay to have classified documents, but Trump should be raided. So it's fun to watch because I think it shows America the double standard. Look, I don't, I don't know what's in these documents. I, I, here's what I would tell you. The likelihood that Obama's got some classified documents and stuff that he took, probably pretty, pretty, you know, likely. I wouldn't want him arrested. I would say, what are you supposed to do with him? Give him to the National Archives? Fine. But when you raid Trump and you bring it to that level, then I want equal treatment for all. Either disregard them all and say, okay, no harm, no foul, or raid them all and give it the same level of, of, you know, whatever you declare it to be, give it that same level of urgency. But they don't do that. And that's the consistency that we have as conservatives that separates us from these animals because they are waiting for something to happen or else they'll create, they'll create it and act as if it's a big deal. And then when it bites them in the butt, suddenly there's no harm, no foul. See, Brian, he didn't get it, did he? He didn't, no, huh? Do you think you could explain it to Mr. Talk Show host? <laughs> well, I'm really surprised that he doesn't know why Biden had these documents in the first place. You know, these were planted by Trump. <laughs> do you not understand that? I mean, I, it's, it's obvious that Biden had nothing to do with these Wait documents. Wait a minute, Brian. You, you don't know that I got it bit better than you thought. Not only were they planted by Trump, <laughs> Putin had Trump planted. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know the whole story, Ace. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, we on the Gary Nolan show, do you get these kind of revelations from <laughs> the insiders like us? <laughs> we, we have unraveled it for the listeners. <laughs> oh, Lord. Unbelievable. So everybody's ecstatic about inflation because... Um, it flattened out, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's not up as much. It's Right. It, yeah. yeah so it, it's funny that you look at these numbers and they, they celebrate gas is still a buck, you know, or something higher than it was or buck 50 higher than it was when Trump was in office. But it's down from the seven dollars it was four months ago, you know, and inflation's flat. So, you know, it, it didn't gain month over month and year over year. But, oh, wait a minute. How was it last year? It sucked. <laughs> and, you know, so what housing interest rates are, what, six something percent, a full four percent higher than they were a year ago. And, you know, and Trump held it steady. There's no indicators for the Democrats, but the only thing they can do is spike the football based on a crappy record from the year before. And trust me, that's what they're going to do. I just saw this thing that said they, um, uh, they, they extended this whole COVID thing because it'll, they are shooting to get 100 million people on Medicaid. 100 million. That's almost a third of the country that will be on Medicaid. That's it's insanity, man. And, and, and let's even talk about the vaccine. They're fine. The CDC released their VAERS data. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's horrendous. I mean, any other of uh, any other vaccine would have been pulled off the market with a fraction of these numbers. And now they finally released them. And I see why they didn't want anybody to see this stuff for years, because it's horrible. And of course, we hadn't talked, I don't think, since um, Hamlin fell on the football field. 
and uh, it, which kind of spurred all this stuff to, you know, for people to start talking about it. So now we're finally talking about it openly and honestly, and I, you know, and I hope we continue to have these conversations. Time will tell. Uh, speaking of time, I'm uh, I'm up against the clock, so I've got to take a quick break. If you just turned the radio on, Kevin Jackson is with us. Jim Babka is up next. It's Think Tank Thursday on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. 919 on a Think Tank Thursday. Jim Babka is going to be with us uh, in about uh, 15 minutes, about 935. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we kick off this segment of the program, as we always do with Kevin Jackson. And I don't know, Kevin, if you watch the administration talk about that trip to the border uh, and uh, the response from the press secretary about how they had accomplished so much. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, you talk gaslit. It was a blowtorch. Um, <laughs> this is the this is the border trip where they cleaned up everything before yes. Biden got there, right? I was thinking that we now seeing how that works should send him to San Francisco, Philadelphia, Cleveland. And and miraculously, everything will clear up. Right. It reminds me of when Barack Obama went to uh, the Norman, I think it's called the Norman Pettus Bridge. And uh, the people that lived in that city, I was getting emails from them, and they said the city was coming, came to those folks that, because they had, the place is in squalor. And they demanded that they clean up their houses and stuff because the motorcade was going to come down that street. And that was the cleanest, my buddy goes, that's the cleanest this city has been in forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that's what we should do. We should, you know, President Biden is going to go to Philadelphia, the inner city, and then yeah. miraculously, everything will look great. No homeless, man. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, yeah. it'll be no tent cities, no nothing. Yeah, it, it, you know these. Look, everything's got to be photo op for them. Everything's got to be um, manipulated and spun. And I look, I, we're not telling the, the, the listeners anything new with this stuff. But I think what, what probably most of us don't really didn't really understand is the depth to which these people are willing to go. I mean, they still want Biden, us to believe that Biden is a viable president, that he's, you know, really capable of doing his job. And, and he, you know, we haven't really heard a lot of talk about uh, what's been going on with his cognitive abilities and things like that. And the reason is we're so embroiled in all these other controversies. I said this year is going to be one heck of a year for conservatism in the sense of the things that get exposed. And we've already started when uh, DeMar Hamlin fell out on the field and almost died of a heart attack. It exposed the vaccines and all the naysayers, these so-called vaxxers that are calling, uh, they're calling anti-vaxxers, people who refuse to get this vaccination, but but get others, but just refuse to get this one and you're an anti-vaxxer. So we've exposed that. I think we'll expose climate farce. I think we're gonna expose election fraud in this January 6th stuff. I think Adam Schiff is the most scared guy on the planet, maybe next to Fauci and these new Fauci files that'll come out about him. Um, lawsuits are starting to happen with Moderna. Uh, I think Hunter Biden's, uh, and, and, and Pfizer, by the way, and I think Hunter Biden is is got to be the next most scared guy because the House can now start looking into his stuff. So 
I think it's going to be your, it's, it's an off election year, but I think it's going to be a year of revelation and a year where people really have to do some soul searching as leftists to stay with them. And if we can use this year to clean things up, particularly election integrity, we can make this one heck of a year. Well, time will tell, but, um, you know, if you're a Democrat, you never get in too much trouble. Uh, I don't care what you do wrong. Uh, whether you're hiding uh, top secret documents, yep. uh, you're so steering far, you're right. the IRS to uh, to crush uh, the Tea Party, or it doesn't matter if you're Hillary Clinton and <laughs> you did this uh, the stock futures, the, the pork futures thing. I mean, it just <laughs> they never ever get in trouble. Always fall into a pile of poo and come out smelling like a rose. They do, but I, you know, I don't know. I, I got to stay optimistic and believe that the worm will finally turn. I mean, I know Liz Cheney made a lot of money, that rhino. I know Nancy Pelosi made a lot of money, and there are many others, by the way. The Biden family. I tell people, go back and look at Biden's taxes from a decade ago. And it, he went from, from, I mean, he was the, the poorest guy in government to making millions of dollars, and he, it just happened overnight. And, and uh, suddenly, you know, you go look at Hunter's tax, taxes during that same time period, you'll see something very similar. So it, it's easy to connect these dots, and we were talking about it today. Look at Comey, look at Peter Str uh, uh, Strzok, look at McCabe, all the people associated with, you know, lying about Trump and Russian collusion, and not a single person is in prison over this stuff. Hillary Clinton, we know she started it. People in her campaign help. <clears throat> Fusion GPS heads and people like that. Not a single person has gone to prison. But I think that you can only go so long with that because you've been the, the group in power. And that's why these elections and this election integrity is so important. Because if they can't win elections, if they can't get judges appointed... And, you know, think of what we lost when Trump lost. We lost another Supreme Court judge. Joe Biden's now putting leftists into the federal and the district courts and so on and so forth. But if we can, you know, suddenly wrestle back power, and I think a lot of people are going to start doing this, uh, we'll see what happens. I was at an event where they were talking about transportation. You, you have people investigate transportation and uh, these, I think they call them J40 cities and all this stuff where they are wanting people to stay within a 15 mile radius. They can confiscate your, essentially make your car, not even you, you won't even own your car. I think the WEF head said you don't own your car. And every, all the language in it talks about equality and, and racism and it is if you owning a car and living in a nice neighborhood and being able to drive from one place to the other is some somehow racist. It is amazing what these people are writing in as legislation and getting away with. And I think they're going to push us to the limit. And when I saw this presentation, I, everybody in the audience was just groaning at, at the idea that transportation is racist. Well, it, it turns out uh, there's more. Um the word field? Have you have you ever? Yeah, I just saw this. I didn't see the story. I just saw the headline. What? What? How does field racist? Just oh, field Negro? Is that where it came from? Uh, this is, by the way, going on in both California and in Michigan. Uh, they're banning the word field as racist. Uh, in a Monday memo, University of Southern California's Suzanne Dwork Peck uh, School of Social Work. 
Okay. The School of Social Work. Uh, informed students, faculty, and staff that it would no longer use the word field or field work from its uh, curriculum and would now use the word practicum. Wow. You, you know, Gary, think about the amount of energy that goes with these people that goes into the lexicon, changing something, which means you got to change all the books and the periodicals and what have you. Here in Arizona, this our newly elected third, third grader uh, governor who, who cheated her, their way in, you don't know what the first thing she's doing in education to help the children of Arizona. She's going to let them use their pronouns. Now, we are number 48. In rough, we're sub 45 in math and science across the nation. And the thing that she's going to do to help these kids is not help them learn how to read better or do math better or tutor them or anything like that. It's going to let them choose their pronouns. Now, if that doesn't tell you the priorities of the left more than anything, millions and millions of dollars spent supposedly educating these kids, and that's what she focused, that's her number one priority for education. That's what's going on all over this country. <laughs> well, uh, the, expl the explanation, the change supports anti-racist social work practice by replacing <laughs> language that would be construed anti-black or anti-immigrant in favor yeah. of inclusive language. Well, Gary, every time you've heard the word field, I'm sure it's, you know, you, I, you've known what you're doing. I know I, you know what you were talking <laughs> about. It was, war, it was a dog whistle for racism, and I I'm glad that they pointed that out because you use that word a lot with me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a whole new field for me. I'm oh, sorry. I know. And you, 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 I've fielded many questions from you on this. <laughs> I mean, who who on earth knew or thought by any stretch of the imagination that field and racism had any connection at all. This, but is, this is a sickness of leftism, man. They sit around looking for stuff to go, oh, well, what about this word? And one of my buddies is a comedian, and he, he says, he goes, the hidden racism, he says, I know what you white people are doing. He goes, pass the vinegar. <laughs> it's oh hysterical my bit. But it's so true. Pretty soon you won't even be able to say the word vinegar. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you, these are words you didn't even know you were offended by. Right. Well, now I am, of course. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know you were offended by that rock or this word or that phrase, but we're going to protect you from that. Well, I tell you what, I, I wish they have a website that I could just go to every day, and it says, Kevin, you're black, and these are the words that should offend you today, cause, so I can know what to use or how to put white people on tilt by using those words, knowing that they can no longer use them. Field, 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 Gary. <laughs> well, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, all right, what do you want to promote while you're here? Because uh, you got uh, the... Get, get signed up with me. Join me on Wimkin. A couple people said they had trouble getting signed in but keep trying w-i-m-k-i-n.com the app for the flick fest is up and running it's in the it'll be in the app stores in a couple of days for both your iphone and your uh, your android and that, that's the flick fest our movie service and man we got a lot of just really cool stuff going on it having having a lot of fun 2023 is kicked off right because 2222 sucked <laughs> terrible year Nah, not a good year yeah it, it's uh 
It's a whole other field for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, thanks for being with us, buddy. All right, guys. Take care. All right, take care. Kevin Jackson, the Kevin Jackson Network. Uh, all right, Jim Babka, uh, with a few minutes on those uh, brave uh, Republicans in the House of Representatives. And uh, uh, some people who were stuck on a train for so long they thought they were kidnapped. We'll tell you why. Coming up. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 9.35. Glad to have you with us. I'm chuckling because a listener, after hearing about the word field being banned for being racist, she sent me a link that she wants me to forward to Kevin. And it is the racial slur of the day. And... um, I'll give you an example. Uh, 10% off is a slur. It represents Jews. Refers to circumcision and uh, consumerism. Never pay retail. The term is most widely used in the UK uh, where circumcision among non-Jews and non-Muslims is more rare. Uh, But in the United States, where it's more common, it can be considered insulting to many non-Jewish males as well. So 10% off uh, would be insulting to you as a non-Jewish male, Brian. (laughs) Okay. So don't, you know, if you see a sale, hope for 11 or 9, but not 10% (laughs) off. Uh, They've got one, uh, Canadians, Jews, Arabs, 7-Eleven. What is it? Work at... Menial jobs like 7-Eleven clerks. So if you're going to stop at a 7-Eleven and you tell that to somebody, you're, you can't say that because it's insulting Arabs. I see. Uh-huh. Thanks for letting me know. Well, hey, this is, uh, it's, it's got a whole list of words and phrases you, you can't use. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, so Jim Babka is with us, uh, gracearchy.com. Uh, but before I, I get into our announced topic, I do this to poor, this poor guy gets this every time. Jim, apparently there was an Amtrak train that uh, was, they, they, they'd been stranded for so long that they thought they were being kidnapped. Amtrak passengers stranded 29 hours, feared they had been kidnapped. Uh, part of the problem is the employees timed out. Uh, which means they couldn't legally operate the train, and they had to wait for a new crew to arrive. Because it's the law, you know, the government regulates all that. Um, and I guess it's an increasing problem with Amtrak. There, People are just waiting. But can you imagine being on a train for so long that you thought you were kidnapped? <laughs> I mean, that's... No. No, and I'm, I'm, still, I'm still reveling at the, the news that you broke here just a moment ago about the slur of the day. Uh, if your circumcision amounts to 10% off, <laughs> I, something, something's really wrong with that map. I can't, anatomically, I can't even imagine it. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Gary saved 90. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, let me give you a tip there, uh, Brian. <laughs> Fermi la bouche. Um, anyway, all right, so let's, uh, let's get into this. Uh, the, uh, the House of Representatives did a little struggling in selecting the Speaker of the House, and they were 
the uh, the twenty actually it's twenty one because one of them kept voting uh, present instead of uh, for speaker. But everywhere I looked, I mean everywhere I looked, not just Democrats, Republicans were eviscerating these people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were painting a picture of they're you know destroying us. They're making us the laughing stock of the world and. How dare they get in the way? It's just 20. And they're holding up the rest of these people. What what nerve, what audacity, what hubris? Uh, worse than that, they were their characters were insulted repeatedly. They were accused of uh, only int- being interested in petty aggrandizement, uh, of wanting to advance their own careers and their own personal agendas, that they didn't actually care about uh, anything except themselves. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, some of them were even uh, acting like progressives. Um, they were acting like insolent children. Um, and they were putting a whole bunch of things at peril. And the signs that these things of, of, of their behavior uh, portend horrible, horrible things for the republic going forward. Um, for example, uh, you know, they may balance the budget. Oh, no, we can't have that. No, 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 no. And, and by the way, it's not going to happen either. But... Uh, the, the, the everything, <laughs> both sides were unified. So, you know, let's take the Democrats. What was their interest here? Well, it's not just to score poli- uh, petty political points. Um, the, their leadership was watching this thing with a great deal of fear, looking out of one corner of their eye at the squad, you know, and they're imagining a run by AOC to be the speaker, you know, to try to topple the leadership, right? And they're going, wait a minute, you know, we have to get in line and support the Republican leadership here. We need to attack these these 20 people as, as hard as they are because we want to we don't want this to be a precedent. And uh, on the on the other side, uh, they wanted to make sure that the all in fact, both parties fundamentally agree that they want to expand the military dramatically. They want to spend a lot more money in the highway bill. They want to spend a lot more money on a variety of social programs. Uh, they just want to spend a lot more money. They have a lot of friends, and keeping those friends requires them to give your money to those friends. And they don't want the, spe- the gravy train to stop. Uh, they want to continue to deficit spend. They want to continue to bust the budget. They want to continue to inflate the currency. They want all of this stuff. They want to continue to act at, at, at odds with you. And you're supposed to be hate the Democrats. You, you, you forgot the script. I just want to talk to the people in your audience right now. You forgot the script. Your job is to hate the Democrats, not to, not to challenge Republicans. In fact, the Republican leadership doesn't even like you. They hate your guts, okay? They want your votes. They're not going to tell you that to your face. They want your support, right? They want you to vote against the Democrats because that helps them win. But once that happens, you are to sit down and shut up. You want a balanced budget? Shut up. You want, a, uh, you want inflation to go away? Shut up. You want, uh, you want spending to be curbed? Shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up, get in line, follow the leadership. This is the plan. It, it's, uh, you made a, uh, a, a statement this morning when you and I were chatting about uh, how they, the mainstream media and places like Fox News and others were convincing people to pick up stones. Yeah, so uh, this, this, this stems from a concept called agenda-setting theory. So the way agenda-setting theory works is that we all talk about the same things. 
And the media is the leader of the chorus. So because it's on our television, because it's on our radio, because it's on our newspaper, because it's in our, uh, on our Internet screen, we are talking about the same things a lot of times. And there are essentially, on most political issues, and by the way, this is true on the financial channels, they debate there, it's true in the sports channels, they debate there, they gin up conflict and they give you two sides. There's two acceptable divergences of opinion. They're not huge. In fact, they agree on fundamental things most of the time, uh, very fundamental things. Uh, so it's a very narrow but two-wing approach, conflict, and just enough to have some conflict, and to keep you distracted in that. And what happened here was you were witnessing live in front of your very eyes the thing that you claim you wanted all of your life, politicians to stand up and show principle, to stand up and do the right thing despite the odds. And yet, because of the agenda-setting machines at places like Fox News, there were Republicans who say that they want balanced budgets, say that they want all of the printing of the money that's causing this inflation uh, that's driven by all this spending to go away. There are people who hold these values, who believe that government's too big, and they want Republicans to do the right thing, who joined the chorus that Fox News was leading against these 20 Republicans and said, this is wrong, you're going to destroy the party, you're going to bring down the republic, blah, blah, blah. We've got to stay op uh, organized and unified against the Democrats at all costs, no matter what. You helped pick up the stones because that was what the playbook said. That was part of the acceptable opinion. That's the way the agenda was being driven. And I, we set up, when we set up uh, and became agenda setters by Downsize DC, it was precisely because of this point. The story that's happened over the last week couldn't have illustrated better what we were trying to say when we made this transition in 2020. And that is that the media constantly wants you to take your focus off the ball. They were willing accomplices to the leadership of the Republican and Democratic Party in this, in this uh, enterprise. The uh, Fox News was leading the chorus and telling you what your acceptable opinion was. But if you, instead of letting them drive the agenda, choose to become your own agenda setter, think, observe, uh, learn from history, and, and, and live by principle yourself. If you have principles and you know what those are, then you won't be led around, and you would have realized that these people were performing in, in, in heroic fashion. They were acting on principle. But if you uttered to a friend, if you went and posted on your blog or your Facebook page what jerks these Republicans were and how they were undoing things, you were one of the people that picked up stones. You're one of the people that acted against your own interest. Interesting. It really, when you, when you take a, a step back and look at it, it's fascinating how, how we think. I, I, I'm I was, always, I was uh, particularly stunned by how much the alternative media even managed to miss this point. Uh, you, I know you did covered some of this here on your show. Uh, I just did a podcast episode at Grace Arkey. Uh, which is available on most podcasting platforms and YouTube. I, I, I just got through talking about it. Uh, there were people paying attention that did understand this. We've got some very warm notes in response to that uh, episode, uh, thanking us for, for speaking up and pointing these, these facts out because they weren't hearing it in, in many places. All right. Uh, with that in mind, we have to pause for Una Momento. We're going to come right back. Jim Babka is with us. Grace Erke on YouTube, or just look up Jim Babka on YouTube. Uh, and uh, start watching, start learning, start getting, and it's entertaining. That's the most important, because you can't have one without the other. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show.
Think Tank Thursday on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 9.51 at about 10.05. David Stokes is going to be with us from the Show Me Institute. Uh, and uh, he's the director of their municipal policy uh, over there. And he wants to talk about the future of short-term rentals like Airbnb and Verbo and uh, what's going on down at Lake of the Ozark. So we will chat with him, like I said, at about five minutes after the hour. In the meantime, uh, Jim Babka is with us, Grace Arkey on, uh, on uh, YouTube, or just go to YouTube and look him up um, and, and see what he has to say. It's always kind of fun. By the way, uh, I don't know, did you catch the, uh, the president went down to the Mexican border and then to Mexico to talk about um, fixing the immigration problem? Uh, as as they see it anyway, and what Mexico wants and thinks is necessary in order to fix this is for us to send them billions of dollars, and suddenly that'll fix it. And then apparently uh, Biden wants to uh, build a plant down there uh, to make chips. You know the the you, you remember the famous Chips Act. Uh, that Congress passed last year. So they want to build chips in Mexico. Uh, do you think that'll fix th what they uh, perceive to be a problem? Why is the President of the United States deciding how capital allocation should be handled? What qualifies him to do that? What major corporation has he run successfully at a profit? What innovation has he created in any industry? that somehow or other means he's qualified to say where a plant should be built. Well, Abraham Lincoln didn't know uh, a whole lot about manufacturing either, but he was president. <laughs> well, the point is that, you know, the reason that we want things done by, in, by private market actors and the reason we pay executives and even more so business owners uh, receive such uh, remuneration for their efforts is because they are temporary stewards of capital and they have in order to stay in the position as a steward of capital they have to satisfy a client base they have to figure out how best to manage resources if they fail to do that job there are numerous people waiting in the wings who will steal their job from them and so they have to stay on top of it and do the best possible job and so they are they have proven that they are capable of maximizing efficiency and achieving the best possible results uh, until someone comes along and displaces them through market means otherwise. There is no similar talent, skill, or ability in the President of the United States. And in fact, government spends far, far, far more to create a job, every job that it creates, than, than the voluntary sector does. I, I just, I, I'm looking at this and you're telling me, okay, we're gonna take care of this problem by moving a plant down there. I, the, the thinking, it doesn't even get past go, let alone collect $200. <laughs> well, you know, there are people who want to come to this country for financial reasons. And there are people who want to come into this country because they're in danger uh, because despots are running their country. Should we have a distinction on whether we let one group in or the other? No. No, and and, there, and I'm going to be devoting three episodes to this to this uh, to to this and related matters uh, on Grace Arkey upcoming. Uh, we we benefit our our GDP expands uh, in in the sh in, in, in the in the near immediate term, 
and the uh, every time someone comes here and our per capita income goes up. But they're uh, taking our jobs and and uh, by by accepting no. less pay. No, they're actually not because what's happening is they're agreeing to do things that other people wouldn't do for that price. And they're creating new jobs and new opportunities. And that's just the initial people that arrive here. They also bring their children who uh, uh, adapt and go on to college and, or, and start businesses and, and do all kinds of great things. So we benefit. Uh, th- this country benefits every time. You know, we have another immigration problem that constantly occurs, and that is that children are born. And they're on welfare for 18 years in most cases. Some of them, today, you know, they want to keep them there until they're 26. Um, but they, they get involved in the system, too, and they help expand our wealth as well. And, and this is what we should want. We should want to build for the future. Yeah, but those kids that are born here, uh, you know, they won't do the job for cheap. These immigrants well, come exactly, across. Exactly. You know, it, when, it, I, everybody should take, so, take a moment and think of this, something that they have in their life that they absolutely have to do, that they absolutely loathe doing. We've all got something on that list. Just think of what that is for I think a moment. I'm, I think I do it every morning when Brian Hansen shows up, but go ahead. <laughs> now imagine if you had somebody who was willing to do that for a very modest fee, a fee that right now you couldn't even begin to imagine how modest it is, right? They're, they just need a small uh, amount of remuneration. Would you let go of that thing? And if oh, yeah. you did, what would you do next? Like, what is the thing that you would, if you had the time, you would do more of it? You would feel more of a sense of bliss or productivity or maybe even expand the wealth for you and those around you. What is that thing? And we've all got these things. And so when people come and arrive, in fact, one of the key ways that we expand our wealth is through specialization. And specialization is only possible when there are lots of people. When Robinson Crusoe's on the island by himself, he's got to do everything. But when there's lots of people on the island, when you're in that position, someone can be the dentist and someone else can be the butcher and someone else the baker and someone else can cut your lawn. Hmm. Well, the argument is, the the other argument is that uh, they're bringing fentanyl into the country and killing Americans. You know, I have, I actually do have a uh, deportation policy. I would like to send uh, smug, well-fed white politicians out of the country, out of the border, because they are the cause of most of our problems. And, and, And in this particular case, it's the insane war on drugs that drives this. If, if, and most people heard of bathtub gin. You've heard of bathtub gin. Yeah, I got 30 seconds. When prohibition is in place, you have uh, you have uh, in, uh, products on the market that are not safe. They have to be as concentrated as possible because they have to be smuggled, and that's what's happening here. If these drugs were legal, this would not be an issue. So China wouldn't bother to send them over here because people who want to use drugs would go to the drugstore and, and buy the- a, a legal product that, uh, from a company that was concerned with its reputation. Wow. Solving all kinds of problems, Jim Babka, Grace Arkey on YouTube. Jim, <laughs> thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Yes. All right. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. All right. Let's uh, let's find out about these uh, short-term rentals and uh, what uh, what the Show Me Institute has uncovered. David Stokes, Director of Municipal Policy at the Show Me Institute, will be with us at about five minutes after ten. On the Gary Nolan Show on a Think Tank Thursday. This is the Gary Nolan Show.